Welcome to the podcast, King of Low Hill. Special episode, Mother's Day. podcast king of a low hill this is a momentous occasion because this is a special holiday episode for mother's day so we've been around long enough to have one i am one of your two co-hosts maximilian poweropolis or max power for short and i am joined remotely due to overabundance of caution by Atlanta, Georgia is beautiful, and I think that's the first time we ever had a date. It is the Hollywood of the South. It is. So, we are doing, we've been around long enough to do a special episode, and this one is to commemorate, or be commemorative, I can't remember which one's the more correct one, um, for Mother's Day. And you and I have two radically different perspectives on this, since my Mother, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how much you like or dislike her, is still living, and your mother um, passed away quite a long time ago. Quite a long time ago. 25 years ago this July. So that means your oldest isn't 25, so neither neither of your three have ever met her. Yes, none of my children. The only, uh, the only grandparent any of my children really met was uh, my wife's father, who just passed away a little bit more than a year and a half ago. Now, my oldest did meet her mother, but he, she died when he was four. So my two youngest have never met a grandparent other than my wife's father. So both of my parents were dead long before my kids were born. See, that's interesting because uh, my two kids have grown up with my my mother and father are still alive. And I guess this also means we're going to have to do a Father's Day episode. Um, no, it's never been a big thing for me. Well, you're you're an awful father, but then so am I. So and I'm an awful father, so it's never been a holiday for me. Ah, okay, that's something to talk about. Then we can talk about how awful your father is, and mine's not too bad. And in fact, this is a Mother's Day episode. We're talking about fathers, but in fact, I think he's getting a little senile, and he seems to be getting nicer. Your wait, who? Your father or your wife's father? My father. Oh, okay. Really? So, yes. That'll be for the Father's Day episode. Okay, yeah, we'll hold that off. So, you know, in our pre-production notes, we did discuss about maybe digging up a Ouija board to contact your mom and at least get some input from her. But you you nixed that. So then I said seance and then a a, a satanic resurrection, and you said no to all those things. So... My mother, I can only imagine... What her ghost would be like, Jesus. She was hardcore Catholic. I can only imagine. Oh, wow. I can 
Yeah, that'd be a bunch of rosary and, and black and like, what? why did you get me out of the presence of God? Yeah, that wouldn't go well. You have a guest peeking in. Oh, do I? Yes, hello. This is a Mother's Day episode, sweetie, and you're the daughter. So for Daughter's Day, we'll bring in. You're, you're already passed? Yeah, there is a Daughter's Day? Yeah. Oh. Did you know there was a Daughter's Day? There's an everything hallmark. Oh, that's true. All right, we'll bring you in. Scoop, go go finish cleaning both bathrooms and finish your final. You're such a good dad. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, you're in the in the minority on that one. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, back to mothers. Yeah, so, you know, so uh, my kids have uh, grown up with both Carol uh, and Gillette's um, mother and father are still alive. My mother and father are still alive. Um... And so that's that's interesting. What do you think the difference of perspective is then? Because I think for for my kids, I think for, for my kids knowing obviously their mother and dealing with my mother and dealing with my wife Angeline's mother, um, they see that you can have. I think the big takeaway from them is they all have kind of similar values. They all have similar experiences. But personalities are totally different. And I think they see that you can be united in principle and difference, different in performance. If that okay. makes sense. I, I, do want, I, I would honestly say that there is a difference with uh, kids who grew up with grandparents and kids who do not have grandparents. I, I can see a difference in my friend's kids, who's my friend's parent who's still alive, and mine because I'm also an only child, so I have no brothers and sisters. Whereas my wife, Constance, is the youngest of four, and they all have kids. So she's grown up with, my kids have grown up with the only extended family being entirely my wife's side. Yeah, see, and that's that's also interesting because the way I grew up, we moved around so much that I saw both sets of grandparents twice a year at the most. And Angeline grew up going to both uh, grandparents' homes constantly. Right. And, you know, all the cousins and all the aunts and uncles in this huge family uh, unit when, uh, for us, it, it was us, and I maybe have met my cousins a couple times. Oh, yeah, see, when I, when I, my, uh, my, my maternal grandfather died when I was nine, and my maternal grandmother came to live with us when I was ten. So I grew up with a mother and a grandmother in the house. Now, I only have one uncle who has kids, but he has seven kids. So I grew up with seven cousins that we saw every weekend or at least once or twice a month all of my life. See, and that's the thing about Mother's Day and, and mothers. So I grew up, I grew up, you know, with a small uh, family unit. Carol grew up with this huge family unit. You grew up with a big family unit. And I came away with an appreciation for family. So the responsibility as my parents start fading and they actually need extra help is going to be 100% on me because, unfortunately, my sibling does not have the ability, the resources, or the willingness to aid. You would, you would think, because my wife is one of, there's three sisters, you would think the other two sisters having grown up in the same family unit as she did, would appreciate both the joys and the responsibilities 
of extended family and aging parents and aging mothers. And the and Carol's mother demonstrating how, or Angelina's mother demonstrating how, what, what should be the reaction to things. And yet the other two are basically, one does it only through lip service and the other one just rejects it out of hand. And so, and so, yet they all were raised the basically the same way with the same experience. Right, right. Well, I, I mean that can't happen. My 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 wife Constance's family um, are all well. Her brother and her sister, the two living ones, and her father, who recently died, are all hardcore card carrying Democrats, liberals. Wow. And my wife is not, and I don't know if it's just the thirty years we spent together. But, but I think she was kind of like this to begin with. She, she kind of had the conservative sensibilities, and I just reinforced that. But, yeah, we, we, we had a discussion with her brother the other day when she did on the phone, and he's uh, all about the, the current pandemic, and he's bought into that whole left side. I mean, hardcore. And he was railing against us. And, and her, the funny thing is her mother was more conservative, but not really. But her father was was hardcore corporate exec, CEO, CFO, all of his life. German, born in Germany, grew up in Nazi Germany. Biggest liberal I've ever met. He does know that the Nazis were a socialist party. Try and explain that to the left. They don't get that. They think the opposite of communist is fascist, and it's not. They're just two different fingers in the same glove. Right. Because the socialists and communists in almost all of in Italy and in Germany, uh, Spain, uh, they were fighting with each other. Eventually, one of them won, but they united initially against the bourgeoisie, or take your pick on who it is. Um, and then after they gained power, basically the socialists started killing the communists, except in Russia where it flipped. Right. right. But anyway, but it, it, funny because her mother was a lot more conservative, but it was... It was, I, I'm thinking she was kind of took that bent, but she's definitely more conservative. She's like us. I mean, she's she's different, and I think that's you know her mother died twenty plus years ago. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I don't know. It is what it is. Well, you know it, and the the nice thing is, if you notice, we all have intact. You know, they passed away early, but we all have intact families. And maybe that's, you know, the greatest gift the, the mothers have, have given us because my, uh, uh, Angeline's, geez, Angeline's uh, parents um, are still together, first marriage. Yeah. I, I, I think our, our podcast is bad enough that you can just go, how long has it been? Okay. So are you, are you watching the clock? I am. It, it's, been, it's been 10 minutes of just not really talking about our mother specifically. For the Mother's Day episode, we mentioned the word mother two or three times. They, they qualify. Yeah, maybe we're close enough. And you know, I oh, I still owe my mom a uh, Mother's Day gift, crud. Oh yeah, yeah. My my kids did uh, my kids did breakfast for my wife. I uh, I slept in and ignored the whole day. So. Well, with mine because she is taking care of her dad, and she is you know unlike me, she is basically been either in the house or at their house helping out. Um, I kind of helped out with the whole Mother's Day thing. So she got a couple of cards and she got some wireless earbuds because she goes walking every day. <laughs> and um, well, the problem I have is, is 
my wife's birthday is exactly always one week before Mother's Day. All so the... She kind of gets it rolled together, so she kind of gets It's like the guy, it's like my one friend whose birthday is Christmas Eve. Yeah, he always got his birthday and Christmas rolled together, so... Now, I could be wrong, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that uh, my wife will no, never tell her mother that we have a podcast. But <laughs> if I remember correctly, my wife's mother's birthday is like the 28th, and that's exactly what happened to her, is that Christmas and her birthday always got commingled, so it ended up being the same thing. Yep. So, yeah, so my wife kind of, we have to decide if we're going to do, you know, Mother's Day or if we're going to spend the time on the birthday. The birthday, of course, is more momentous. You know, because it's specific, so her Mother's Day always gets a little short shifted. Well, I got thrown this year because this year we actually did a Zoom meeting with my mom, oh, and actually cool. and actually talked to her on uh, Mother's Day rather than just you know flipping her a card because they live in a different state. You know how you know how you and I are in Nevada, and you know my parents are in um, Calcutta, India. So you know it's it's a little. It's a little trouble, uh, you know, getting to them each time. So, you know, we tend to do remote stuff, but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get something shipped out to her. <laughs> yeah, let me know how that works out for you. But I still think it's intriguing. I, I think it's interesting that Angeline's mom and dad are still together, first marriage. My parents are, to, are still together, first marriage. Much. To the amazement of everyone around us, uh, Angeline and I are still married with our first marriage. You, I think everybody on your side, on both sides, your wife and you, uh, parents uh, stayed well, intact, my, right? My wife's parents were married 45 years before my wife's mother died. Uh, my parents, of course, are were divorced from, from a very young, I, I was six when they got divorced. No. But my, uh, my, my, my maternal uncles, one was divorced, never got remarried. The other one was married and still married today to this day, and they're in their 80s. So it's kind of hit or miss on my side. And my, oh, no, my, my father's side, I got a couple uncles. I have uncles, yeah, I got an aunt and an uncle, and they're, they're all dead. But they all, I think, all stayed married. And yeah, my wife and I are, are still married. Well, you, got more, you guys got more time on than us. Yeah, we discussed that last time. We're coming up on 26 years married in July, 31 together, so. So, was that? Do you think that's a gift of uh, our our mothers or not? I think um, it's the fact that her parents. She came from that type of unbroken, um, forever married household, and my views on it are: I lived the life of a broken house, and I would never want to do that to my kids. So, here we go. Nice. Although I'll tell you right now, I, I would never get married to her or anyone ever again. It's one, one and done. Well, you know, that's that's the thing. So, you know, my wife said I, if she passes away, and of course, you know, in her family, the women live another 20 years past every one of their husbands all the way through. So, you know, I, I'm definitely going first, but she seems to think she is. So she's forbidden me to remarry. Yeah, I told my wife no. What? She's not allowed. I just I thought it was interesting that my wife gave me permission just to do hookers and blow and uh, nothing else and I'm like okay hey hey sweetie only because you asked. That's good. Hookers and blow are a good time. Definitely. You know, I, every so often you could tell that you and I are uh, children of the '70s and, and uh, we're in high school in the '80s because 
only a certain group is going to realize that Miami Vice-ish um, Scarface, you know, thing that we went through. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger and Raw Deal, where he played an Italian man very poorly. Great movie! Great movie! One of the best movies ever! Well, and I, and I believe he had a mother in that movie. Didn't he have a big Italian mom? I believe so. He could have. I, yeah, he might have. I don't remember. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I, I'm just assuming because, I mean, he is an Italian guy that gets mad. So you would think there'd be family somehow just for the pure Godfather-esque um, and, and element of it. An accent is an accent. So. <clears throat> I, I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I haven't enjoyed it so much that I read the book version of the screenplay. It's around here somewhere. Wow. Okay. I can I can definitely say I haven't done that. Yeah, I've done that. I, I did that a lot when I was in high school. I liked the movie. I bought the screenplay version of the book that was currently on the end rack of the local, you know, supermarket when the movie came out. So, like, one of the stories I can tell about my mom now is um, you and I came to, to our high school years were the very beginning of the video store where you could rent videos. And okay. and so we had, I think it was called. Yeah, but okay, yeah, a little bit older. But I was I was a freshman when I think the first video store came into where I lived. Yeah, and, I was already in college. Oh wow, okay. So. Um. Well, I was two. I you know, but you know, I think it was a middle school. So the nice thing is my parents got a family account there, and I think the videos were like $1.25 or whatever. And, you know, the real nice thing was, you know, that was where you could, if you were clever, get the R-rated thing, even though there's no reason for you to be able to get that. Yeah. Nobody cared. And yeah. uh, so what I would make sure is when I rented a video and I knew it was something safe but incredibly irritating that only I liked, I made sure that my mom saw part of it so that she would think that's the normal, so she wouldn't want to watch it. And then if I got an action flick with boobies, then she wouldn't want any part of it, not knowing what the real material was. Because if she knew about the, the violence of boobies that I was getting access to, she would have shut that down in a heartbeat. What's kind of shut that, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember in my youth, my mother and I, my mother was a huge movie aficionado. She just loved movies, loved the experience, which is why I am to this day. And we would go, and if there was any anything like that, not violence, it was just boobies. Um, I, I, of course, have horrible, horrible eyesight. Or, or I did. Um, and, and back in the day, if something like that would come on, my mother would turn to me and go, take off your glasses. And I would have to take off my glasses in the theater and wait and watch the very, very, very blurry where I could barely see my hand in front of my face until it was over. She's like, okay, and then I was allowed to put my glasses back on. I like that. That's active censorship. Yes, yes. yes. So then when I was a freshman, when video stores first came around, and I was a freshman, I would go, I would ride my bike into town to the video store, I would rent a VCR, I would go behind the curtain and rent half a dozen real movie movies, take them back to my dorm, charge the guys two bucks a person to come in and watch them, and I had beer money for the weekend. How very entrepreneurial of you. Yeah, look how far that got. Right, uh, well, yeah. well you, you could still do it, I mean, I... Right now, you got a garage, and you could be violating our governor's orders. Yeah, no, that's okay. I could just, you know, that's okay. 
it's not, it's not the same as it was in 1980 when I was in college. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was brand new. The fact that that was easily accessible, and you're like, what the heck is this? You know, Paul Rubens, you know, was still going to movie theaters and destroyed yeah. his career for a long time. The, the, the college I went to, the, town, the, the, the theater in town on Friday nights and Saturday nights after midnight would play those first-run blue movies, and would be, you know, the trench coat squad, would be in there. You'd see him. I'd, I'd come out because I was big. I'd go to movies. I'd go to the ten o'clock movie. I'd be coming out at midnight. Here, the trench club, tent, trench coat clots club. We'd all be lined up waiting to go in to see the blue movies. So, you know, and that and that's it. Interesting. It's always the argument on you know banning things or controlling things or not. So, it, you know, I'm a no vice crime kind of person. You know, let's have the the proper moral argument. Let's convince people on their own. Uh, on their own impetus to not do whatever bad thing I'm assuming, whether it's smoking or prostitution or heroin or whatever it may be. But the argument always against that is what we're talking about, which is I would never, I, there's no triple X movie I would ever go to in a theater. Just, I, I, I've seen black, I, I have a black light. I don't want to know. Um, the whole adult bookstore thing, you know, that, you know, when I was going to Baylor, everything around Baylor, once you get outside of the city lines, you had a bunch of those things. Never would go in there, never would consider it. But, you know, even to this day, some some idiot at rope at, uh, at our uh, pre-meeting work thing will will find some blooper reel or something stupid. And so you watch and all of a sudden, you know, somebody gets hit in the head with a gigantic wang and they just start laughing maniacally. You know, it... It's, it's also, there's also that, that argument about access and, you know, is if we, if we, um, legalize heroin is just an example and everybody gets on heroin, you know, is it really, are you really going to get the guy that would never go to the West side and buy heroin? Will they, will they all get on heroin? Will we all just fail in our ideologies and all just get on heroin? Or, or will Darwin even it out eventually? I think it's going to even out eventually only because we have a uh, cannabis, recreational cannabis dispensary in the town for which I work. Uh, and, yes, I know. I'm trying to get its uh, security. Yes, that's right. We talked about that. In fact, I have a meeting on Saturday with another company. Another dispensary has called us, and we have a meeting, a Zoom meeting, Saturday morning to discuss signing a contract with them, which would be our fourth. Wow, very cool. The the uh, individual that uh, runs the dispensary in our town, um, I've actually had a meeting with uh, about. Yes, all of these guys that I've met have been decent guys. They're all users of their own product, uh, almost without exception. Um, but they're all consummate businessmen and entrepreneurs, and uh, they all seem to be pretty nice guys. But the, the interesting thing is when you drive past that, it's just an endless stream of people going there and leaving. And we always laugh because the people going there are all like downtrodden, their heads are down, you know, they're slogging their way to get to the place. And, and the people leaving there are like, woohoo, yay, I got my bag, they're heading home. And, you know, and it's that whole argument where it's not addictive. Uh, guys, you just tell the truth. You know, it's highly addictive because I'm watching pre and post and they look like the heroin people I deal with yeah, and every other drug. It's, my, my youngest and I were discussing this because of the business I'm in. And he just, you know, he wanted to know. He's, he's turning 15 this year and he's not. None of my kids have ever, they don't smoke, they don't drink, they don't 
none of that. They're all athletes. They're all scouts. They're all good kids. Um, but he would, you know, just ask him questions. And he's, he, he agrees. Yeah, he knows a couple of his friends who are into it. They vape it. And without exception, he's seen the change between seventh grade and he's now a freshman. Well, I seen him be a sophomore passing this year. Uh, he's seen the change in them over the last couple of years because they've had access to it. Yeah, we were. Uh, I was talking. What? Negatively, detrimentally. Oh yes, it's just it's been it's been interesting to watch the group that my uh, younger one, my daughter, has gone gone through with, and you know everybody kind of gets out of elementary school and goes into middle school. Everybody's a high flyer. Everybody's an athlete. Everybody's got special talent. Everybody's special. And there is a marked difference between the ones that got into that and the level of success they've garnered through high school and the ones that avoided that and the level of success they have on average. There's definitely right. a difference. Yeah, there's a disparity. And you can attribute it almost directly to that or, or, or the psychology that would make that an appealing process for them. Right. Yeah, now, now, the interesting thing is, um, like growing up, I never saw my parents drink at all. So, you know, my parents, now that, you know, everybody's out of their house and they're retired, um, they, they're a bottle of wine a night people, which is not a lot. Um, and we're, Carol and I will, will drink, and my s- sister is probably a full-time alcoholic. Carol's parents, cho- uh, Angeline's parents, darn it, um, have chosen to stop drinking. All together, and uh, it, it's it's all for the same reason. And yet, you know, some of us are alcoholics. Some of us aren't alcoholics. Some of us have suffered the consequences. Some of us have not suffered the consequences. Yeah. And and um, you know, it's one of those. You know, while your mom's good to you, how much does she really affect you? Agreed. But. Agreed. Uh, but we're we're to the twenty fifth uh, minute mark, and this was supposed to be a twenty minute episode. <laughs> it's a special Mother's Day episode for which we spoke very little of our mothers. That's okay. We we touched on them. Yeah, I you know I love my mom. You loved your mom, and you wish she was still here. I think Absolutely. if I can speak for you, and uh, that's testament to both women. I think better than anything else we could say. Very true. Very true. And that mothers were a great thing. Yep. And you know what? It, there, there needs to be, everyone needs to have at least a couple. <laughs> or be one. Yes, and not have their wife turn into one. God, if I could go back. Uh, anyway. So, there we go. That's our mother's, our famous or infamous or infamous right. Mother's Day episode. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye.